Hello everyone and welcome to the Lisa Burke Show. I hope you've all recovered from the marathon weekend, whether running or spectating, and looking forward to another long weekend, this coming weekend. Now today I'm delighted to welcome a very special guest, well of course all of my guests are very special, but today we have Minister Claude Meisch, who has been a member of the DP since 1994, elected to Parliament for the first time in 1999. Now Claude Meisch has held the role of Minister of Education, Children and Youth and as Minister for Higher Education and Research across two consecutive governments after the election in 2013 and 2018. So it's a role he's held for nine years, nearly a decade now. Minister, thank you so much for being here on RTL Today Radio. Thank you, thank you. I'm very glad to be with you today. We were just talking before we went on air, actually, about how you handled communication through COVID times. And personally, I felt it was absolutely wonderful that you really redirected that communication to parents, teachers, everybody together. So from my point of view as a parent, thank you for that communication. When we look back now at the end of the pandemic, I think that um, with all the things we decided for schools to to keep schools open and other uh, activities for for children and and, and young people uh, to 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 allow them a certain normality, I think that we passed through um, very well here in Luxembourg compared to other uh, countries and Germany, for example, where schools were closed for much longer time, for weeks and weeks longer than than we did here. In, in Luxembourg, and that we just arrived on, on that point because we worked all together. Uh, the teachers, uh, they contributed, but also the parents contributed. And that's why also we changed directly our communication strategy and we went directly to all the stakeholders, to the children, the pupils, but also to the teachers and also to the parents directly in a direct communication because everyone has to, to work together uh, to realize this goal. And we did it. Yes, and uh, you very quickly, as a team, as you say, moved to more digital communication, which, uh, again, as a parent, was very, very useful indeed. And we saw that also echoing through the children's work. But uh, undoubtedly, through the nine, nearly ten years you've been in this role uh, in Ministry for Education, you've seen and instigated a lot of change. But I'd like to start with some recent changes. So first of all, I want to talk about the free childcare in case anybody's missed this announcement, what is the government now offering? We invested a lot during the last years in the quality of, of all the childcare services, uh, from the lowest age, but also to the age from uh, children had during primary schools, for, for example. Because for me, childcare is not just a place where you put your children so that the parents, the two parents, can go to work and so that children are safe. No, it's much more than that. It's really a type of education. Now we are talking about formal education, which takes place in our schools. And on the other hand, about non-formal education, which takes place in this, uh, non, in this childcare uh, structures. And it is also as important for the development of a, of a child because we invest a lot in the development of, for example, social competences or, or also other, other skills and creativity that are very important or the, the mobility of, uh, of the, the children. And um, yeah, I, I think that nowadays it is important to offer also these, uh, these structures as a service, an education and service to the parents and the children, of course, and because education is for free. 
schools are for free. For me, it's also important that the non-formal education is for free. And that's why we decided that uh, for the next school year, so after the vacation, uh, the summer uh, vacation in, in September, uh, during the weeks where school takes place, during the school weeks, all those childcare structures for children that went to school are for free during the weeks where, where school takes place. During the vacation weeks, uh, we still have an adapted uh, tarification uh, which considers uh, the income, the revenue from, from the parents. Yes, yeah. So uh, you've said that it will start from this September. That's when it will start taking effect. When do families have to register? Because some families may have never used Maisonelle au foyer or the the like before when do they need to register that, that depends that depends uh, on, on where where they live uh, in, in which town in which city or in, in which local administration is is competent because mostly those services are organized or made in place uh, put in place uh, by the local town administrations so the best thing to do is uh, to to go to the city administration and to ask where you can if there is still time to inscript your, your children if there's any place. But most of those people, they already, uh, those children, they already went to these daycare structures, uh, but now it will be for free. Though there's no special inscription needed, it's just a normal inscription parents made for the next year. Yeah, that's wonderful. And does it include free school lunches? Also, and that was an important decision by our government, we want to introduce free school lunches for all children uh, at the age uh, from, from four to, uh, to 12, so at the primary school uh, age, but also in the secondary uh, schools. Uh, uh, some uh, pupils, when the income uh, of the parents is not so important, they are not just supported uh, to, to, um, to, to pay uh, the, the lunch, but also their lunches are, are for free. That's also a a social measure because we want to allow each child independently from the income and the situation of their parents uh, to, to get a good lunch of high quality and to take part also because lunch is also a social moment where pupils can go and they can discuss and, and they can also build up friendships during that moment and that's also, also something that is very, very important. So just as I understand it, for the primary years up to the age of about 12, there will be free school lunches and free childcare through the lunch hours and after school and even before school sometimes. Even before school, yes. And then for secondary school, it is means tested for the lunches. So it's not necessarily free. It's not necessarily free. Uh, but it depends on the income of the parents. Yeah, yes. okay. Well, that's actually the system we already had in place for Maison Relais. And in fact, that's why I wondered why the government made this choice, because it was already means tested. And coming from London, you know, anybody who's lived in another place comes to Luxembourg, they think, my goodness, the, the childcare here is so reasonable compared to other cities in the world. And there's so much already on offer. Why did you make the switch from what was already means tested to now free? On one hand, we want to support the, the, the parents, the families. Uh, we had children uh, and that, uh, we know that, that in the actual situation that also means a lot of expenditure. Prices are rising, so we want to... Uh, uh, put a little bit more uh, or leave a little bit more in the fa family budget uh, by, by, this, uh, by this measure. But on the other hand, and that's the most important, we are really talking here not um, about a social service or, or a social measure or, or, or just uh, keeping uh, children away from, from the roads and uh, just, uh, uh, just take care that they are safe. No, we really talk about education. 
And that's why we, first of all, invested a lot in the quality of all those structures and all those services uh, so that we can really talk about an education. And education is for free, as school is for free, even if parents perhaps they can pay a lot. The public school is for free, so also public daycare structures will be for free during school weeks. And also for the international community that will be listening, of course, many of us are coming to Luxembourg without the languages of this country. And so Maison Relais, Foyer, Daycare is a wonderful place for the young children, particularly to pick up the languages with their with their friends. Absolutely. It's a, first of all, it's a place where they can make their own experiences. It's not as in, in school, you have a very strict program and the first lesson, perhaps you learn French and the second one, you're doing mathematics and the third one, you go to, to the gym. No, it's, it's really a, a place where children can choose their own activities. And, and what is most important, together with other children. And, and that's why I, I said now, uh, we, we will really stimulate the, the social skills, the social competences of, an, of a child by doing these activities. Uh, because it's, it's important to, to learn to read and write and mathematics and all the other stuff we are learning at school. But it's also important to grow as a human being. As a, as, a, as a child. And, and that's perhaps something they can do better in this daycare structure, in non-formal education, than in formal education. Without the stresses on their shoulders. <laughs> Moving to the next free offering from the government is music lessons. Very dear to my heart. I love music and uh, I know a bit about this. Again, before Again, coming from a place like the UK or Ireland or wherever uh, an international person might come from, I can tell you that the music lessons here in the Conservatoire were very, very reasonable. But there was a difference. If you wanted to do a certain instrument, let's say somebody lived in um, Dikirch or wanted to do a certain instrument in Ettelbruck or another conservatoire, the instrument might not have been there. I know for some conservatoires, you had to pay taxes to the commune, Minerval. And I believe this is changing, but not just for children, but for adults as well. So talk us through this initiation for free music lessons. As I just explained why daycare structures will be for free or partly for, uh, for free, because non-formal education is part of the whole education system, music education, music schools are also an important pillar of our education landscape. And that's why uh, we decided to make them also for free for an important part of all the, the pupils, uh, of all the, the learners, uh, especially for, for children and young people, uh, of, of course. And those who um, uh, take a course that is not for free, uh, apparently, uh, approximately a third of all the courses, you have still to pay something, but the, the fee is limited at 100 euros. I think that is important, especially... And that's that, for the year, just to point that's out. That's per year. Yeah. That's per year. It's not per course, but mm -hmm. per, per year. And uh, I, I think that's important because uh, music also stimulates uh, in a fabulous manner uh, the development of, of a child. Uh, the cognitive development, but, but also the social uh, development, creativity, all those things are developed and are supported by good music schools. And that's why we decided to make it for free, because I think that when some families with lower income, perhaps those 100 euros per child per year, when you have three children visiting a music school, that might be just the point where the father or the mother has to say no we just can't afford that and 
the principal decision is in our country that education is something that has to be for free for every for every child. And when it comes to the instruments, they're not always cheap either. Um, is there any help towards instrument hiring or buying? A, a, a lot of music schools are, are doing that. Uh, so you can uh, you can hire, you can rent. Uh, against a, a little fee uh, sometimes uh, an instrument and and that's what i i i would suggest uh, of course uh, a young boy young girl uh, starting to play an instrument perhaps one year later she decided to to quit that activity and to do something else mm -hmm. so uh, it's not reasonable to invest directly in an instrument but perhaps about after one two or three years that might be very reasonable to invest in a good instrument but most music schools they have a certain limited uh, number of instruments that uh, can uh, can be used by by children yeah i think that's very very good advice don't go out and buy a, a very expensive instrument before you're sure your child wants to continue playing it or it might even inspire the adult because of course the adults also have i think they can do uh, a number of And it's not just instruments. It's also in these conservatoires. They do diction, they do drama, theater, dance. It's, it's many other things aside. Absolutely. And I think the price will be capped at 200 euros per adult, in fact, for whatever number of courses they will be allowed to inscribe for. Each course that is not for free, the, the maximum fee you have to pay is 100 euros. Mm -hmm. That's uh, the decision, we, uh, the decision we, we made. Because you, you just mentioned the situation where perhaps you're not living in the city or the community where you're going to the music school and then the fees were, were quite high. Not just 100 euros a year, but sometimes 500 or, or more. More, uh, I can the, tell you. I'm year, an example of this. <laughs> a year. But all those fees are also limited, even for adults at 100 euros. Well, I can tell you, I was speaking to my singing teacher, lovely Mariette Lenz, this morning in Conservatoire du Nord. Mm -hmm. And I was saying that I'm about to interview you. Does she have any questions? And she said, well, you can tell Minister Meisch that Ettelbrück is very happy about this decision because now it means that people like me don't have to pay the Minerval, which is actually quite high. So I'm also very pleased. <laughs> this, this measure, for example, uh, costs uh, the state budget and the taxpayer 8 million euros. But that means that all the pupils, they pay 8 million euros less next year than they do now. Yeah, but it has to be taken out of the taxpayers' budget. Yes, of somehow. course, of course. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, but it's a public service that is. we offer to all our, our citizens. And it makes it very fair across the board. Absolutely. For both of these things, the childcare and the music lessons, uh, there, there's going to be a cap at the amount of people you have in place to take on anyone extra. And I'm quite sure with the music, dance, theatre subscriptions, they will increase to capacity. Have you got enough staff trained in place to take on what might be a greater number? Of course, that's the main, the main question, but not just for all education services or music schools. I think that's an important question for all different sectors and branches here. Here in Luxembourg, if we talk about uh, the healthcare, if we talk about uh, police administration or, or what else, Uh, the, the main challenge for, for all those activities is to recruit uh, good, high-qualified people. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, we, we try to do that, but not just as uh, an administration that has to offer uh, these services, but also at the education 
ministry, we are creating new uh, training possibilities uh, just for young people to create new, uh, new possibilities and new perspectives if they want to work for a childcare structure, for example, but also if you want to become a music teacher. For example, the University of Luxembourg offers now a, a, a bachelor program in pedagogical music science. So if you really want to become not just a musician, but a music teacher, it's a perfect study you can make here at the University of, of Luxembourg in, in a strong collaboration, a very close collaboration with the three conservatoires uh, the, 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 of, the, of the country. Uh, so those, those training programs, they are all new. So in the hope that tomorrow we can really bring out from our education system more young people that can work in these structures. Well, you've touched on a very interesting point there, uh, mentioning the university, which is that before, I believe, the, the music educational system came under perhaps the Ministry of Culture, is that right? And it's transferred now to your ministry. Uh, I don't know which year that change was, but it's in, quite recent. In 2018, yeah. uh, when the, you, this government yeah. was, was formed, yeah. And so with that came a lot of changes, as we have seen in place, and that collaboration with the universities so that you can make proper university courses for the musicians to come. We, we launched the, the whole program uh, in, in, in principle. Uh, also, what we, what we did um, is a, and we, we encouraged the, the music schools uh, to work uh, closely together uh, with the primary schools and to go to the primary schools and to show which instruments exist and to show what they are doing in the in the music schools so that each pupil in our country has uh, the possibility to, to to detect its own talent and when they later on they want really to to learn music and to play an instrument then they can go to the to the music school i think it was a good choice to integrate uh, the the competence for the uh, the the music education uh, to take it from the from the culture ministry Uh, to, to the education ministry uh, because there we really made it um, and we, we de developed it now as, a, as an important pillar of our education landscape and it's a new offer or an extended uh, offer and that's also why we decided to make it for free because uh, my opinion public schools have to be for free so also public music lessons have to be for free also. Well For our international audience, a lot of people have come from countries where the music, the sport, the dance, theatre will already be at school. And for some of us coming here, we find it a little bit strange that we have to drive our children to sport, drive our children to music or dance or whatever they, they end up doing or whatever we give them the choice to do, which is often the way it turns out, or we can give them the choice to do. Um, Why is that here in Luxembourg? Is that something that you might change in the future or is it going to reside like this as separate entities? Each country has their, its, its own culture and its own system. Uh, I think that um, the next step that really would be very interesting in, in, the, in the eyes of the children, uh, especially, uh, would, uh, would be to, to work closer together as schools, mostly fundamental schools, daycare structures at the Maison Relais, the foyer, but also music schools. And that's why we encourage really schools and music schools to work together, to create programs together. For, for example, to, to play a concert uh, to, to, together, uh, just for one, for one concert to work together to train and, and then to bring it really as a great, as a great show. Uh, but, but also other actors, sports clubs, uh, for, for example, uh, uh, certain 
type and certain kind of education takes also place in sports clubs. We have to uh, to admit uh, that. And uh, I will see. I would see. Uh, the uh, especially the daycare structures to work closer uh, together uh, with the other actors that are sometimes more specialized in doing sports or cultural activity, not just music, other cultural activities, uh, for example, and uh, to, um, uh, to, 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 to use uh, these uh, competences that are already there. And that already exists, and that exists in in each town, uh, in, in each uh, in each quarter, and each region of, of our of our uh, country, just to, to bring this activity to the children. I think that will be a, a next step. Some perhaps not for uh, this period, but uh, perhaps for the next one. Well, we'll come to the next stage in a little while. A digital technology. We we touched on it right at the top with COVID, and everybody saw this rapid change to technology, much needed change. Some would say uh, during COVID period. Do you think now the educational system here in Luxembourg is keeping pace with more international systems, where they really put a heavy weight on the need and importance of technology in educational systems. And I know you've also launched the Digital Learning Hub. So tell us about the Digital Learning Hub. Yeah, I have to to tell you that, uh, that there was uh, and perhaps is still a certain gap between uh, the reality in, in society, uh, in, in businesses, in administrations, uh, what what level of digitalization uh, we, we already have, have realized and what we learned in schools. And, and that's why we launched an, an important and a very large program a few years ago, and that started uh, uh, in, in primary schools. So we introduced coding lessons, for example, in primary schools, not uh, with uh, smartphones, not with tablets or computers or screens. No, just by learning, uh, by, by playing uh, and, and learning the principles of an algorithmic, for example. How do you do that without a phone or a tablet well, or a can, computer? You can, you can do that. <laughs> It's just a, a, a method to, to learn and to think how a computer will think and how you have to program a computer. In, in principle, it's something like computational thinking or problem solving. You have a, a big problem, you will divide it in smaller problems and you will realize and find one solution after the other. Then you have uh, solved the whole, the big problem. That's the principle of computational thinking. And that's how computers work. And that's how now pupils in Luxembourg, they learn to think and to work also in our, in our primary schools. But we launched also a new school branch uh, in our secondary uh, schools. So the first three years in, in our secondary uh, schools, all the pupils, they will learn uh, now Uh, the principles of a digitalized work. Yeah, because How that was absent before, in fact. That was really absent. And I have to uh, to accept that. Uh, and uh, that's why we, we launched this, this important program and not just uh, to do it uh, in the primary schools or perhaps for one year in the secondary schools, but also, but we did it really for all the ages. And in the secondary schools now, pupils, they learn the principles of internet but also how you can manage big data and, and really manage with, with uh, enormous uh, quantity of, of, da of, of, of data. And, uh, but also you learn about the, the risks and, and the chances of the digitalization. But uh, we just, there are not just chances and opportunities. There are also some, some risks. Also as a citizen, 
and as a, as a future worker, uh, for example, uh, you you have to be aware of those of those risks, and all that is learned now in our in our schools. And just to complete that, we launched the the digital learning hub because digitalization is not just something that our pupils that are young now they have to work in when they are older and uh, the they go out of our schools and enter the, the companies and the administrations no it's a reality for today also for adult people and there are a lot of adult people sometimes they are at risk to lose their job because they don't have the the competences needed uh, to work in a in a digitalized environment sometimes their job is no more needed because it was replaced by robots, by computers. Uh, so they have to learn something new. And for example, the Digital Learning Hub, and we are very proud about that. We convinced the French uh, school, uh, Ecole 42, uh, uh, school, school 42, school 40, 42 <laughs> yeah. uh, that is a, a largely experienced method. How people with no extra skills in digitalization or, or digital competences, they can learn to code in one and a half year and everyone as an adult can be candidate the school will choose its own candidates and its own pupils you have to really go through a hard phase of, of tests to to be chosen but you can really become a coder after one and a half a year and that's also something that our industry our it industry in luxembourg needs needs really very very much so that's open to adults as well It's uh, limited to adults. It's limited to adults. So, so we we really tried to to bring in a, a, a dose of digitalization to all our schools yeah. and uh, to all ages, from primary schools, secondary schools, but also for adults. Well, you really you really gave us the whole digital technology strategy and uh, a thought layout for the future. There, you mentioned really the importance of cybersecurity and how important it is to be aware of that as we grow up and as adults to be conscious of it. And of course, it's one of the pillars of the University of Luxembourg to, to work within cybersecurity and, and make that a focus point of the university. I'm very happy that the University of, of Luxembourg uh, really offers bachelor and master programs uh, in, in, this, in this domain uh, and, and developed really in uh, concordance with uh, what happened in, in Luxembourg and what is needed here in, in Luxembourg. And of course, we have an important IT industry. We have still the banking industry, mm -hmm. which is its basis Built also. On IT. <laughs> it's also uh, IT. Um, and and uh, that will be uh, very important also for the future economic development of, of our country to bring out uh, new capacities young people with a lot of digital with a lot of digital skills but not just that uh, in uh, in the domain of, of higher education but also in research it's important that our companies that our administrations are supported by the university of luxembourg or another public uh, research institution for for example uh, just to to be on the top of the technology can can bring now, but also to prevent risks, also to prevent risks, to prevent hacker attacks. For, uh, for, for example, we know that this also is a reality uh, nowadays and uh, we have to be aware and we have uh, there also uh, to uh, train our young people that they get the, the needed competences uh, to work in this domain. Mm -hmm. And then also just to underline that first three years, the new educational system for 
technology IT within secondary schools. That's just Luxembourgish system of lycée or is it also through the international Luxembourgish system? No, for the, for the moment it's just uh, the Luxembourgish uh, system, uh, the traditional Luxembourgish yes. system because the other schools are also Luxembourgish yes. public schools. Um, but I, I think that sometimes the other uh, systems, they already integrated that in, in their curriculums. So it's not that they are do nothing. We do it now more concentrated than we did before because we really had a gap in, in this domain. I, I think that uh, when we talk about the European programs, for example, or uh, the Baccalaureate International or the A levels, I think that in the domain of, uh, of digitalization, they Uh, are, are very fit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And in fact, I wanted to move to that, the English educational system in Luxembourg, because anybody living here for a few years will have seen a huge amount of investment towards new secondary schools, lycées, and even some primary schools offering international endpoints. So as you mentioned, we've got schools now which are Luxembourg state schools offering the international baccalaureate, the European baccalaureate A levels, still Michel Lucius only. But I, I would like to know how the discussions go within Parliament, when it comes to knowing how to place these schools, where to place these schools, which educational systems to follow, because you're dealing with a really large population influx of all sorts of different languages. So how do you cope with that and how do you make the decisions? First of all, we have to accept uh, that uh, our population and our, especially our school population is, is very diversified. Uh, some uh, researchers, they are speaking about hyperdiversity when they look at our schools uh, because there are sometimes more nationalities than children in one class because some children have more than one nationality <laughs> and, and they are speaking at home different languages. You know? so they, bring, they come with different languages to our, to our schools and that's why we launched an, an important program. It's not just a slogan, it's really an, an important program When we said uh, there are different children, that's why we create also different schools. Lisa Burke on RTL Today Radio. I, I still believe that our traditional system is very good for a, a large number of our pupils, but uh, it's perhaps not good for every pupil uh, and every child. That's why we created international programs, especially the European programs, because the European programs have the advantage that they are still uh, multilingual. And that's also typical for our country. It's part of our identity. We have the Luxembourgish language, but we are also multilingual. And the, the European classes really offer this uh, multilingualism, um, but with a lot of flexibility that we, for the moment at least, we can't find in our traditional uh, education system. And that's why we choose uh, some places in all regions of the countries now uh, to create six international schools. The sixth one will open in, in next September in Luxembourg City. I'm very happy that we found uh, an opportunity to open this school finally in, in Luxembourg City. The first one created was six years ago in Differdange. It's a really success story when we can talk about, about uh, that. Uh, well accepted by parents, by pupils, by teachers. And uh, yeah, the success showed that there was really a need for, for those type of public schools because before, mostly those programs were reserved to the private schools with high fees that has to be, to be paid. And for me, it's very important that every child has free access to good education. And that's why we did that. I think now... The point to, to see where, where, when we 
have a situation where in all regions of the country we have such a school, perhaps it's also uh, we're on the point to learn from those schools and to see what we can transmit to our traditional system. For example, in next September there will start uh, four pilot projects uh, to learn how to learn to read and write in French, not in German, as it is the case in our normal traditional school uh, system, but in French. And we are looking how they do that in the European classes. And now we try to do it in our traditional uh, system. And perhaps to make it, to generalize it later on when the evaluation of this pilot progress were, were positive. Mm -hmm. And just talk us through where you have these different schools. One is in Differdange, there's another one in Mersch, one in Junglinster, one, one in, in one, Another one in, in Mondorf, uh, but uh, Differdange uh, has a dependence also in, in Esch and another one in, in Clairvaux. Mm -hmm. And uh, last year in, in 21 uh, opened the, the school in, in, uh, in Mersch And then uh, this year, here in, in Luxembourg uh, City, uh, the international uh, school, uh, Gaston Tone. And they will all offer the European baccalaureate? They will all offer the European uh, baccalaureate. There are other schools that uh, offer the international uh, baccalaureate, uh, as uh, uh, Lycée Athenée, uh, for, for example, uh, in, in, in English. Uh, some offer also the same program in, in French. Uh, and there is, of course, uh, Michel Lucius offering the, the A-level uh, uh, system, uh, a system that also um, uh, is part of our, of our education offer. Uh, but I think it has perhaps a disadvantage that it's not so multilingual than European uh, classes. And, and that's why we developed really the European uh, classes, where you can choose the language in which one you want to learn, You can uh, choose uh, an English branch, German branch or French branch, for example, but you can also choose your foreign languages that you will learn as a first foreign language, a second and a third uh, foreign, foreign language. And that uh, shows us really an, an important uh, type of, of flexibility so that we can still integrate in one school Uh, different kind of pupils with different uh, uh, language competences uh, and different uh, mother languages they, they come in and they bring in. I think this type of schools, they can really integrate perhaps more different pupils in one school. And that's why European schools were made for. First of all, th this system was developed for the children of the uh, the public service of the EU institutions, uh, first of all here in Luxembourg, the first European school opened here in Luxembourg in, in 53, in last century. <laughs> uh, and and they, they had the, the, the challenge to integrate in one school uh, children from different families coming from different countries. But that is exactly the situation we have nowadays here in Luxembourg. And that's why I think the European school really corresponds to an important need we nowadays have here in Luxembourg. But it is very important to keep those other, maybe more English options open. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Because depending on the age of the child yeah. coming to depending the Depending on the age of, of the child. We now, for example, see, we are very happy that we um, had this uh, evolution uh, that took place the, the last years with... Uh, Uh, A-level uh, programs uh, in, in Michel Lucius, for example, but also the European classes uh, when we had to integrate the Ukrainian pupils coming now to, to Luxembourg, around uh, 1,200 Ukrainian pupils were integrated during the last weeks in our, in our schools. 
and uh, that happened mostly uh, through the international uh, public uh, schools, but uh, also an important uh, effort was made by by uh, Lycée Michel uh, Michel Rodange, uh, Lycée Michel Lucius, with uh, their uh, international uh, branch uh, around the the A levels. I think that, for example, pupils coming here at the age of twelve or fifteen, uh, then perhaps it's too late to learn second or third language. Sometimes pupils, they just stay for one, two or three years and perhaps that it's not indicated to learn other languages and to be integrated in another, completely other uh, educational system with other programs. And there I think it's uh, really indicated to uh, go to Lycée uh, Michalutius, for example, which offers uh, this, this program. And it also depends which type of education the pupil had before mm-hmm. in the country is coming from with his with his parents uh, when it was a, a british program for example then i would say go perhaps to uh, michel lucius and uh, choose uh, this type of of school uh, if it's uh, something else perhaps uh, the european programs or the baccalaureate international uh, is a, a good a good idea and uh, a while ago i did do uh, a couple of podcasts they were at the time now we have the radio show uh, on the educational system here for international people and just for our listeners to know that the international baccalaureate is indeed that it is international and there are schools around the world that offer that just in case families mm-hmm. are moving again the european baccalaureate is only found in europe it's only found in europe but more and more in in europe uh, we are the European country that uses mostly now um, uh, this this program and developed really an, an important program creating uh, those European schools that are public and for and for free. But there are, uh, you can find other other schools around Luxembourg and in other in other countries. I think it could be perhaps an important European project uh, to create those schools in uh, all the, the important economic areas for for example because sometimes a child is born perhaps in Paris then it works in Berlin uh, and later on in Madrid or in Rome uh, and sometimes in, in Luxembourg and it would be really good to offer a certain continuity in the educational program for the children that always have to move on with their parents. We are talking about a, a, an open market for workers in Europe, but there doesn't exist nowadays an open market for, for school programs. And I, I think there we have to, to reflect on. And this is the experience we, we make now here in, in Luxembourg to offer also good education, quality education to those people coming with their children to Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have that with the Erasmus program at university level and indeed the University of Luxembourg is part of a space program Universe with uh, five universities across Europe. When you are working in Parliament do certain people ever feel that English is a language that's overtaking Luxembourg in a negative way? Perhaps, perhaps, yes. But but I think it's it, it's a, a development that is quite normal. I see it with my children. They, uh, even when they had no English course already at, at school, they are speaking English, they are listening to English music, uh, listen to, to English films and uh, watching English films. Uh, it, it's an international level. It's a, a young uh, language. It's a young language also. Uh, it's a language of pop music, uh, for, for example. It's a language of internet also and YouTube and, and so on. Uh, so uh, young people are very uh, open to, to the English, 
the English language. That's a reality, and, and we have to accept that. And we have also to accept that I, I made this experience when my, I started my, my professional career as a banker. Uh, sometimes we were in a meeting, and uh, some guys came from Germany, other guys came from France. Which language we spoke? It was English. And that's a reality here in, in Luxembourg too, even if English is not an official language of this, of this country. But I think it's important to learn it and to learn it very quickly when you're young. <laughs> well, well, thank you for your honesty there as well. I'm quite sure there are some negative connotations about the language permeating somewhat. Now, I want to just move towards um, the, the teacher's pay. We all know, well, we all know it's expensive to live in Luxembourg, but we also know that compared to pretty much every other country in the world, the teachers in Luxembourg have a very generous salary. And then we also have something called the PISA report, where Luxembourg doesn't do so well. I know there's lots of reasons compared to other countries' educational systems as well. So do you think the teachers are paid too much or why are they paid so much compared to other countries? I, I'm proud, I'm very proud uh, to live in a country where teachers are well paid because uh, it, it's the most important profession we have in a society. The teachers, they uh, are responsible uh, for the success of the next generation and for the success of the country. And you can't pay them too much. Uh, but I think that also we ask a lot of our teachers in Luxembourg because the, the multicultural situation, the multilingual situation we have in, in Luxembourg, that's not so easy to teach here in, in Luxembourg. And as you said, Uh, living in Luxembourg is also quite quite cheap, uh, quite quite expensive. expensive. <laughs> uh, sorry, quite expensive. So that you just can't say that the the um, the earn too 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 much. But of course, we have also to invest in our education system, not just um, uh, to to offer a good salary for all our teachers, uh, but to invest in the development of our system. And that's perhaps what we did not enough uh, in in the past. And that perhaps explains also why. We are not um, under the, the first countries uh, when the new PISA results came, uh, came out. Uh, um, but also we have another situation. Uh, I always said that uh, we can't compare uh, the situation here in, in, in Luxembourg with, for example, one traditional PISA winner, uh, Finland. Because Finland has an immigration quote of 2%. Perhaps we are going now to Finland and to inspire ourselves what you can do better here in Luxembourg and we do that and perhaps it's just the wrong thing because their system is not adapted to an international cosmopolite society as we have here in, in Luxembourg. And, and, and that's why we really have to see what's working here in Luxembourg and what doesn't work. And I said to you, there was a gap in all the digital competences. We invested in that and we are trying to close this, this, this gap. I think that um, the fact that we, we, we hold too long to a, a unique uh, educational system that just offers one traditional system where pupils are, they learn to read and write in, in, in German and then uh, they learn French and then later on on English, that, that was not no more adapted to this multicultural, multilingual, Uh, society that developed during the last 50 years and perhaps what was right when I went to school 40 years ago perhaps today it's no longer adapted. Perhaps it's still adopted and good for a part of our pupils but not for all our pupils and that's why we launched this diversification program 
And also what we have to see when we talk about Pisa, it's they're not the best ones that are less good than in other countries. All our good students that come out from, uh, from our secondary schools, they can compete with their colleagues at the universities and international uh, universities. Sometimes we have to look and, and uh, consider that we have more to invest uh, in the pupils that have some problems. That's why we also invested a lot uh, in inclusion programs to support pupils with learning problems, with perhaps other special needs so that they can stay in our, in our schools. Now we decided to, um, to keep uh, pupils longer in school because now we have a legal age where you have to go to school. It's fixed at 16 and in a few years it will be at 18. And we are developing special programs for all those who risk to, to drop out and uh, no longer to return to, to school. First of all, we want to force them to go to school until the age of 18, but also propose them adapted programs so that they can develop their competences, um, adapted more to, to their needs and sometimes also to their, their problems. Well, that's uh, very interesting because you're touching upon three points that I am trying to hold in my head at once. <laughs> One is that in Luxembourg, you have a, a lycée system, a secondary school system where you have lycée classique, lycée technique and modulaire. So already at the age of around about 11, 12, you're dividing children into what might give them a self-esteem problem because some people might think, oh, I'm very clever because I go to lycée classique. I'm not so clever. I go to technique. Whereas that's not of course, necessarily the case at all. And technique, some people think, is more led towards apprenticeship roles, which is not necessarily a bad thing. The second point I'm holding in my head is, are exams a good enough way to check a person's intelligence or, or how they learn through their school years? And then the third thing I'm holding in my head, which is all related, I think, Ewan Blair, the son of Tony and Cherie Blair, the ex-UK Prime Minister. He's got this uh, wonderful, very successful company and he does question educational systems and he believes in apprenticeships and trainings and building communities of people learning. I mean, he talks about himself. He went to Bright, uh, Bristol University, then Yale, and then ended up as an intern at Morgan Stanley, but said he learned the work in the work as an intern. And so he believes very strongly in the apprenticeship approach. So I just wanted to take your view, the minister's view, you know, the the role of the lycée classique technique, the role of exams versus apprenticeship. First of all, I want to uh, tell you that I was a pupil at the lycée technique, not at the lycée classique. So you are a and fine I, example and I, then. And I did my way, <laughs> as you, uh, you might see. Uh, so I never had a, a problem about that. Uh, and uh, for me, it was also no problem uh, with self-esteem and uh, uh, that I had, a, not a, I had the same chances. I, I went to university, did my studies, came back and, and worked and then entered politics later, later on. Uh, I, I think that it's good to have different types of schools because some pupils, they develop themselves very good in a system like Lycée Classique. Uh, it's perhaps a more academic approach. Uh, sometimes uh, other pupils which have a lot of potential, uh, uh, they develop better in a system than Lycée Technique, but that we call nowadays uh, Lycée General, uh, uh, the non-general uh, secondary uh, schools. Uh, we have to think about uh, what we call the préparatoire, uh, 
because I think that sometimes we have pupils in the preparatoire that really don't need to be there. And perhaps with other language branches, for example, most uh, classes in, in the preparatoire are held in, in German, perhaps with more uh, French classes that would be better and give them better opportunities to, uh, to, to be really prepared and to enter the Lycée Technique or uh, another, uh, another vocational training program, uh, for example. But I'm, I'm very close to what you uh, said about, uh, you, you cited uh, the former British uh, Premier, uh, Premier Minister, Prime Minister uh, Tony Blair, um, we work of we, we learn of course uh, a, a lot uh, when we were integrated uh, in the professional world and that's why in luxembourg we insist a lot of the fact that uh, vocational training takes place partly in the companies and not just in in schools and um, the most of our classes that are classes that uh, where pupils they stay two days a week in schools and three days a week uh, in, in a company uh, because they learn a lot uh, from the reality uh, in, in the company. And that's also what I saw uh, when I came back from university uh, with a lot of, uh, of theoretical background uh, but with no idea how a bank, uh, <laughs> how banker is working and, and what he has to do uh, day by day by day. I worked that when I started to, uh, to, to work. And that's also why I invite all young people uh, to, to go to an apprenticeship and uh, to, to work during their holidays, one week, three weeks, four weeks, wh whatever. But to have an idea uh, what is a reality in, in the companies or in the administrations. Well, moving on to university and research, you are also Minister for Higher Education and Research. And in this time, you've seen the University of Luxembourg. It's, it's thriving. It's also won awards as a new university. It's up there in the top 50, I believe. And it's going to celebrate 20 years next year. So what have you observed in your almost decade as Minister for Higher Education and Research? I think that uh, compared to the discussion we had uh, 20 years ago, or even 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, where the Luxembourg Society decided each time when there was a, a discussion about uh, to create uh, a Luxembourg University, they decided each time uh, against that idea. Because they said that it's better to send the young people to other countries and uh, that they study in other countries and come back with this experience to Luxembourg. What we see now, that we can do both. Now we have the University of Luxembourg, and I'm very happy that at this University of Luxembourg, more than half of the students, they come from abroad. They, are, they did not reside in, in Luxembourg before uh, starting their, their studies. And that's, for example, something that is very important for the Luxembourgish companies and for our economy too. It attracts talents from all over Europe or from all over the world, even from third parties, uh, from third uh, countries uh, to, to Luxembourg. And perhaps they will stay here and find a good job here and uh, well, build up Luxembourg from, uh, from, from tomorrow. But I also see that still our Luxembourgish students, uh, three out of four, they are studying abroad. And I encourage them still to go abroad and study and come back with all those backgrounds and all their networking they did and all their experience and to come back to Luxembourg and also contribute to the development of, of, the, of the, the country. Uh, another thing, and I think that that's the main reason uh, why uh, the, uh, uh, 
the development of, of the University of Luxembourg is, is really a success uh, story. Uh, that is, uh, we focused from the beginning on on, on, on quality and excellence, uh, especially uh, when it comes to, to research. Because when you are excellent in research, also your higher education programs, they are excellent and from, from high uh, quality. And um, we really realized to attract uh, the best researchers uh, from all over Europe and all over uh, the world. And they come now and they created a, a, a fantastic ecosystem here in, in Luxembourg with uh, the University of Luxembourg, but also with the other existing um, uh, public research institutions. And now, after 20 years, this ecosystem is uh, really sustainable. Uh, we are investing still a lot of money in this ecosystem, uh, but it's sustainable in the... Uh, what, what I mean about, about that, uh, it, it's so attractive that now it's very normal that uh, good researchers from other countries, they come to Luxembourg and uh, bring with them good, uh, uh, good research projects and uh, their, their, their approach, uh, sometimes their whole stuff uh, come, uh, come with them uh, to, to settle down here in, in, in Luxembourg uh, and to work for the university or the other research institutions. And that's something where our society can also profit. And that's also something I tell as good as uh, the university, but also uh, the other uh, actors in, in public research, that finally they have to give something back to society. They are financed with public money and they have to contrib contribute also to the development of the country. The university did a fantastic contribution by educating young people, finding a job later on here in, in Luxembourg, uh, in all those economic branches that uh, really need good, uh, good uh, and qualified young, young people, but also with high quality research. They can uh, reinvest in the development of our country. Thank you very much. And I know on the areas of research, Luxembourg has thought very hard about the certain pillars to specialise in because you can't do everything. Well, election year. Next year is election year. <laughs> uh, you're going to run with DP again? I think that all the journalists are thinking more about election years. Uh, the next year has an election year as, uh, as we politicians we, we do. We, first of all, we do our job and then we, we'll see uh, I, I'm still motivated. I have, still have a lot of ideas, but it doesn't depend on me uh, uh, alone uh, if I am running uh, for a new mandate or, or, or not. First of all, we run all uh, for a mandate in parliament, and then we see uh, if our party will uh, be part of a coalition government or, or not. And I'm very relaxed about that. Uh, I did uh, now two terms uh, as, as a minister uh, in... Um, in a domain that really inspired me a, a lot uh, during the last nine years. Uh, now education is really something very special for, for Luxembourg and very important for, uh, for Luxembourg. Before that, I was mayor of the city of Differdance. There was a third uh, biggest city in, in, in Luxembourg that also was fantastic. And the most fantastic thing uh, to being a politician is to do, uh, to, to change sometimes the topics uh, after five years or after 10, uh, ten years. But well, that's not my own decision. Uh, first of all, it's a decision of all the voters. Yes, you've been in the role within education for a long time, but a very special time for you because it's as your children have been growing, you've seen them through their educational systems mm -hmm. and whilst you've been a Minister of Education. If you had a dream job, what would it be? Or would you even dare say? 
I had a dream job. Being education minister in Luxembourg was a dream job, but also before, as I was uh, the mayor of the city of Luxembourg, at that time also, it was a dream job. But sometimes it's good to find a new dream job. Very well put. <laughs> so we'll leave it there. There are not too many echelons above where you are right now. <laughs> And just finally, what is the most important thing that you ever learned at school or university? That you can never do something alone, that you always have to, to collaborate with, with others. I think that's also something that we have to respect more when we talk about learning. I see pupils still learning at home uh, on their own, but uh, I, I wish to see them work together and learn together. Minister, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. The Lisa Burke Show. Thank you.